The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. If you will, go ahead and make your way back to your seat and have a seat. Wow, what exciting news. What exciting day today already, by the way. Um, just a great day uh, here at Coastal, seeing Ella Gray uh, get baptized today in front of her church family and her family, and uh, getting to announce that about uh, Ryan and Gracie. And uh, then some other great news. Uh, my family, my wife and I, and, and my mom, and Christopher and Lizzie, uh, we all fly out to California uh, this coming Friday. And a week from th- today, uh, I get to walk my daughter down the aisle, give her away in, in marriage, and, uh, and then I tag the guy out, and then I get to perform the wedding ceremony. So um, I'm excited about that. So uh, if you see Janet, she's over in the Coastal Kids building today. Uh, you just go up to her and hug her, and she'll start crying. So just go over there and uh, congratulate her. So we just got so many exciting things happening uh, at Coastal. And another thing that I'm very, very excited about, I want you to uh, do me a favor, and everybody pull out uh, this little big uh, brochure, this big catalog inside uh, your bulletin today. If you're from Coastal, it kind of looks like our Life Group catalog. Uh, and and, uh, but it's not. It's Summer of Impact. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about this uh, for you know, a couple of months, about what we were going to be doing over the summer. And uh, today we, we uh, introduce it. Uh, summer of Impact is coastal. Uh, uh, serving, loving, and sharing, and making an impact uh, where we live, work, and play in our beautiful city that we all love, Charleston. We're being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, in our community, and uh, we're excited about this. Well, our goal is to, for uh, over 2,500 uh, community service hours, serving over 20 different organizations and groups, uh, things like the Jenkins Orphanage, uh, Low Country Food Bank, um, the Animal uh, Society, um, Feeding the Homeless in North Charleston. Uh, I could just keep going and going and going. And uh, so here's what I want you to do today. I want you to take out, uh, and by the way, it begins uh, June the 2nd, which is our normal uh, Saturday serve, the first Saturday of every month. And uh, in fact, we made Saturday serve so easy. It's so, it's so easy just to come and serve our community by showing up the first Saturday of every month uh, at 8.30 here, and then just going out into our community and serving. And so really what Summer of Impact is, is Saturday serve you know, on steroids. It's just multiplying that effort almost every day. In fact, every week uh, during those two months, there's at least four to five or more different opportunities, different times of the day, uh, family-friendly, all different kinds of information. And so all of that information uh, is found right here in the catalog. And so it's very simple for you to sign up and serve. Today, we're just giving you this so that you could take home peruse it, uh, find some things that you're excited about that you want, you're interested in doing, and you can begin today to sign up on our website. And I don't know if we actually have uh, those pictures this morning up, up, up on the screen or not. If not, it's okay. Um, you can basically uh, just go to our website uh, um, and on the homepage, Summer of Impact, and uh, go to that link. And, uh, and then uh, in chronological, sequential order, uh, list. Oh, there, there we go. Thank you very much. Uh, that's just a, a picture of the homepage, or excuse me, the Summer of Impact page. And as you'll see, each one of those boxes represents um, an activity, an event, an opportunity to serve and make an impact. And you can see it goes by day, and it lists the time. And then you could click on to learn more about that. It drops down, and uh, some more information. And then you just have to click sign up, and it drops down to the bottom of the page. And then you can click as many things that you're interested in serving. And we, uh, we kind of, if you read my Friday Five, uh, we already kind of launched this, and we have lots of people have already signed up uh, to serve. Beginning next Sunday, not only can you sign up online, uh, but you can sign up from your Connect card, and we will have a table in the back of the auditorium uh, every week over the summer 
uh, as we'll be highlighting and emphasizing that week's uh, events and activities. And uh, Kirsten, who is our missions and outreach uh, coordinator, uh, director here at our church, she'll be here to answer any questions that you might have. So we're excited about this. This is the heartbeat of our church, to serve and love our community where we live, work, and play. And uh, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus this summer, and we're going to make a tremendous uh, impact. So I hope you're excited about it. I hope you'll take this home, go on our website, and uh, go ahead and begin the process of signing up. And uh, then we will follow up with you. You'll be getting some emails reminding you uh, what you've signed up for, any information. If you have any questions about any of that, see any of our staff, but, uh, but see uh, Kirsten in particular. And we would love to answer your questions and get you involved as we serve and love Charleston. And uh, that's what Coastal is all about. I want to begin today um, by uh, giving you a little self-evaluation quiz. Uh, consider how you might answer the following questions, okay? Here we go. Uh, do you ever feel guilty when you relax, knowing that you know, you've got a long to-do list? Uh, do you ever feel dissatisfied or discontent with yourself or your situation? Do you ever have a tendency to see what's wrong with things rather than uh, what's right? Do you ever feel frustrated or maybe even angry at God feeling like his um, expectations on you are unreasonable? And does your relationship with God seem more like a burden than a blessing? The truth is, if you answer yes to any of those questions, it is quite possible that you might be a perfectionist. Perfectionism is trying to prove your worth by being perfect, and it is a counterfeit form of spiritual maturity. And after 28 years in ministry here at Coastal, it's my opinion that perfectionism really can be one of the biggest struggles for those of you who are uh, dedicated believers. It happens like this. When you first become a Christian and you understand what grace is all about, and we've been in this series, you know, uh, called Amazing Grace, and when you first learn about grace, you're like, wow! man, this, is, this really is an amazing, great deal. I mean, I take all my sin and I give it to God. I put it on the shoulders of Jesus on the cross. And by faith, he gives me forgiveness and heaven and power for today. You know, I don't have to earn my way into heaven. I don't have to work for it. It's a free gift of God's grace. But as time goes by, inevitably what happens, you start thinking, you know, maybe this is too good to be true. I mean, maybe I should help God out a little bit. I mean, surely he expects a lot of me. I mean, surely he expects me to, you know, to work for something, to earn his approval. And then typically you fall into one of two traps, legalism or perfectionism. They're really two sides of the same coin. Trying to earn God's approval through, through rules. Trying to prove your worth by being perfect. But both of them are enemies of grace, and they lead you to become judgmental and self-righteous. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible uh, written to deal with these two enemies of grace. Uh, it's the book of Galatians. In fact, in Galatians 3.3, it says this, have you lost your senses? I, I love the way, you know, the Bible is written. This is so real. Ha, you know, in other words, have you lost your mind? A after starting your Christian life, your lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? So today I want us to look at God's liberating grace. How you can break out of the performance trap. How you can break out of that prison of, of perfectionism. 
And, if, and today, if you could really learn how to relax in the grace of God, you could find a whole new level of joy. You're going to find a whole new level of freedom in your life that you probably have never experienced before. Now, before we get to that, I want us to look at why. You know, what perfectionism does to us and why it's so destructive. Okay, let's talk about it. Let me give you at least three, uh, three reasons why it's destructive. Number one, it defeats my initiative. My initiative. Have you ever had a project, you know, that you just couldn't seem to, to get going? You know, you know in your mind, well, it's a good thing, you know, I ought to be doing this, it's the right thing. And so one of these days, you know, I'm, I'm going to get around to it. But over and over and over again, you just can't seem to ever get started. Well, one of the possible reasons could be you're a perfectionist. I mean, in your mind, you're waiting for the perfect circumstances, you know, the perfect timing, the perfect environment. You're waiting, you know, uh, waiting till you get married, waiting until you have kids, waiting till the kids get out of school, waiting till they move away, uh, waiting for a particular job, uh, waiting for a certain amount of money to come in. You're always waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Perfectionism causes procrastination paralysis. That's a mouthful. Procrastination paralysis. In other words, what's happened is, again, you've set your standards so high, you can never seem to get anything done, and it defeats your initiative. Number two, it damages my relationships. My relationships. You know, let me ask you, do you enjoy being around people who are always correcting you? You know, do you enjoy being around people who are always pointing out your imperfections? Of course not. Nobody does. It's frustrating. It's irritating. Proverbs 17.9 puts it this way. Disregarding another person's faults preserves love. Telling about them separates close friends. In other words, again, it damages relationships. Now, typically, that's rooted in insecurity. You know, have you noticed that when you don't feel good about yourself, you don't want anybody else feeling good about themselves either? In other words, if I don't like me, I certainly don't want you liking you either. Let's be miserable together. Ultimately, number three, it destroys my happiness. It destroys my happiness. Ecclesiastes 7.16. So don't be too good or too wise. Why destroy yourself? Now that verse sounds like it really shouldn't be in the Bible, right? Now, he's not talking about godly righteousness. He's not talking about godly wisdom. He's talking about perfectionism. He's talking about self-righteousness. He's talking about judgmental. He's, he, listen, you can take any virtue and you can make a vice out of it by focusing on yourself and judging other people. And he's saying that perfectionism is just going to make yourself miserable. I mean, since we tend to resent and even dislike people who nag, you know, nag us, if you're always nagging yourself, what's that say about you? Probably it says you don't like you. You know, you don't think you're good enough. Again, that's a form of perfectionism. It causes you to constantly criticize yourself, degrade yourself, demean yourself. Now, the problem is, Many of you probably learned that growing up. Now, the good news, however, since you learned that, you can unlearn it. But what happens is many of you were perfectionists, again, 
before you became a Christian, before you became a believer, and then you became one. You stepped across that line of faith, you gave your life to Jesus, and then what you did is you took that little irritating voice that was always telling you what was wrong, what you're not doing right, how you're not living up, and you made it God's voice. And now you got God all the time saying, come on, can't you do any better? And he's always telling you what's wrong. And you have mistaken that for the voice of God. Now, what's the solution? What's the antidote to that kind of perfectionism? It's not a therapy. It's not a pill. There's only one solution. Learn to relax in the grace of God. So how do we do that? I want to make it real simple and real practical for you today. It's an acrostic. It follows the word relax. The letter R. Realize nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Not you, not anyone. Now, that should be a no-brainer, realizing that nobody's perfect. But you've got to start somewhere, okay? Now, this next verse is a great verse to put on your refrigerator if you're married to a perfectionist. Ecclesiastes 7.20. There is not a single person in all the earth who is always good and never sins. In other words, nobody's perfect. You know, years and years ago, in fact, uh, I think it was in the late 60s, uh, this book came out, uh, became uh, a bestseller, uh, sold millions of copies, one of the first self-help books. Uh, I'm okay, you're okay. I'm okay, you're okay. Now the truth is, however, I am not okay. And you are not okay either. But because of God's grace, that's okay. In fact, you've heard me say before here at Coastal many times, at Coastal, it's okay not to be okay. You are imperfect. I am imperfect. There's a lot of things in my life that are not okay. There's a lot of things in your life that are not okay. But when you accept God's amazing grace, he says, that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Now, what does that mean, though? I mean, does that mean that God isn't interested in, in my growth, in my progress? Well, of course he wants me to grow. Does that mean I don't have to repent? That I don't have to turn my back on you know, my sin and take a step of faith toward Christ? No, of course you have to repent. Does that mean that God doesn't want you to change and, and to uh, you know, become more and more like Christ and develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life and work on certain areas in your life? No, of course he does. When you say... Well, when God says, you're okay because of my grace, that doesn't mean that you can just keep on being a jerk for the rest of your life. It means that God isn't waiting on you to change for him to love you. That's what it means. Realize nobody's perfect. The letter E, enjoy God's unconditional love. Enjoy his unconditional love. Love. 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us. For He allows us to be called His children. And we really are. Circle the phrase there, His children. His children. When you become a believer, you are not just a servant of God. You are now a child of God. Now, a lot of people only think, well, you know, I give my life to Jesus and the rest of my life I'm going to serve him. Now, that is true. Absolutely. You are correct. 
But now you are more than just a servant. Much, much, much more. You are now God's child. You, are now, you have now joined the royal family. Speaking of royal family, and this is going to be a judgment call uh, of, of your character. I'm not going to tell you which way I'm going to judge you, but anybody, raise your hand if you got up at four in the morning to watch the royal wedding. Let's go ahead. This is confession. Anybody? You're, you're afraid. I know some of you did. Come on. Anyway, but guess what? Here's the excitement. You don't have to watch it on TV. You're a member. You're a member of the, of the royal family. You're a part of God's family. Now, again, here's the difference. A servant is just accepted and appreciated only on the basis of what he does. A child, however, is accepted and appreciated on the basis of who he is. A servant starts the day anxious, maybe even worried whether or not his work is going to please the master. A child rests in the secure love of his family. A servant is only accepted because of his workmanship, but a child is accepted because of the relationship. A servant is accepted because of his productivity and his performance, but you as a child are accepted because of your position in the family. Now, those of you who are parents, are your kids perfect? Of course not. They are not. Okay, some of you, that was a, really? I did not know that. Okay, but let me ask you, do you still love them? Absolutely you do. You love them in spite of their imperfections. You know, when your three-year-old comes up to you, you know, bounds into your lap, and they bring a picture that they drew, and they say, Mommy, Daddy, this is a picture of you. And you say, Oh, honey, it's perfect. It's beautiful. What, what you're saying is, this is perfect. This is beautiful for, for who you are, for your stage of maturity. You're not saying, this is a Picasso, but... For their stage of life, and more importantly to you as their parent, it is perfect. Remember when your kids were learning to walk, they stumbled and fell all the time. They're bumping into things, they're falling down, and when that happens, do you look at them and say, you dummy, you know, look around you, we're all walking, everybody else is walking, why can't you? You know, do you scold them for stumbling? Of course you don't. In fact, man, you are thrilled with any little bit of progress because you love them. Now let me ask you, do you love your children at every stage of their growth or do you wait until they're completely mature and say, okay, now, finally, I will love you. Some of you think God's waiting on you to grow up before he will love you. And that's not true. God loves you at every stage of your growth because his love, it is unconditional. And that's a hard thing for some of you to accept because you've been programmed with conditional love. All your life you felt like you could never measure up. God's love is unconditional and you don't have to measure up because Jesus Christ has measured up for you. The letter L. Let God handle things. Let God handle it. You know, one of the roots of perfectionism is the desire to control. You think that if I can just control things, everything will be perfect. If I can control my husband, control my wife, you know, then we'll have a, a perfect marriage. 
If, if I can control my children, they'll never get into trouble and they'll always be safe. If I can control the people around me, the world will be a better place. But as we've said many, many, many times here, most of life is out of your control. That's an attempt by you to try to play God. So what do you do when you can't control the uncontrollable? 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Circle the word cast there. Now, if you're a fisherman this morning, you know exactly what it, what it means to cast, right? You know, when you, uh, when you cast a line, or um, if you're a fly fisherman and you're casting, you know, repeatedly, uh, you're holding on to the line or you're holding on to the rod and reel, and there does come a point in the cast, right, where you've got to take your finger off of the button or off of the line, and you have to what? You have to let it go. Because if you don't, then there really is no casting. You see, the essence of casting is letting go. Now, for some of you to overcome your perfectionism, you have got to learn to let go. You've got to let go and let God do his thing. You have to learn to trust him. By the way, do things have to be perfect for you to be happy? I mean, you know, things don't have to be perfect for you to enjoy life. That's one of the reasons why you have a hard time letting go and trusting God in the first place. Again, if you're waiting for perfection, you're never going to experience joy. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. You married a sinner, and she married a bigger one, <laughs> okay? Um, think about that. Anyway, um, but there are no perfect kids. There's no perfect body. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect church. And if you're waiting, if you're always waiting on that perfect environment for you to enjoy life or get on with life, then it's just never going to happen. You've got to learn to relax and enjoy life in the middle of imperfection, under less than perfect circumstances. You've got to enjoy the moment in, in spite of the madness. Okay? You've got to enjoy the moment in spite of the madness. By the way, that's called parenthood. Okay? It is. Enjoying the moment in spite of the chaos, in spite of the, the madness. Learn to trust him. Learn to let God handle things. The letter A, act in faith. Act in faith. Remember how you've gotten into God's family in the first place. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. That is the only way you and I are, only, are, are ever going to get saved. By grace, through faith. And if you don't get saved by grace, then you're not saved. There's no way you can get into heaven without grace. You'll, you'll never be good enough. You can't earn your way. You'll, you'll never be perfect enough. You, you can't you know, try to tip the scales. It is a gift of God's grace through faith. I put my faith in God's grace. I put my faith in what Jesus accomplished for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's how you start the Christian life. Now, listen to this. The way you started the Christian life is the way you continue to live the Christian life. The way you became a believer is the way you continue to be a believer. By grace through faith. Colossians 2.6 says this, So then, listen to this, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, 
Continue to live in him the same way. You're not saved, you know, by grace, and then you got to earn it. And, and a lot of people think that. They think, again, I'm, I'm saved by God's free gift, but now i got to work really hard to try to keep God's approval. How are you saved? By promising to be perfect? No. How do you live the Christian life? By promising to be perfect? No. How did you come into the Christian life? By keeping all the Ten Commandments and promising to obey every rule? No. How do you continue to live the Christian life? By keeping all the Ten Commandments and promising to obey every rule? No. It's by grace through faith. You, listen, you've got to understand that literally everything in your life is a gift from God, everything. You wouldn't be alive if it weren't for the grace of God. The air that you breathe, the mind that you have, the ability to work, the ability to think, to see, to hear, all a gift of God's grace. Everything he does in your life, God does for one reason, grace. He forgives you by grace. He guides you by his grace. He uses you by his grace. He gives you talents and gifts by grace. He blesses your life with friends and family and freedom, all by his amazing grace. You didn't earn anything. And you say, yeah, but come on, Chris, I earned my salary. I earned my income. Where do you think you got the ability to do that? Where do you think your mind came from? If you hadn't had the ability, if you didn't have the hands, the brains, you wouldn't have that job. Everything you have, you owe to God. It is all, all by God's grace. Now, understanding that is one thing. Living it is quite another. And again, if you were a perfectionist before you became a believer, the tendency then is to take all of those perfectionist ways and put them on God and make him an unpleasable parent. And some of you have just been living in that prison of perfectionism for a long, long time. In fact, one of the symptoms of perfectionism is exhaustion. You're always trying to control everything. You're always trying to be the general manager of the universe. It's as though you've got plates, tons of plates. You're just spinning plates in the air, one after the other, trying to keep them all you know, up and going. And listen, you know it. It is exhausting. Today is the day you can be set free from that. Today you can walk out of here a free person. You do not have to live in or under that prison of perfectionism any longer because God's amazing grace is available. Now, the only way you'll ever walk out of here a free man or a free woman is you have to have faith. You have to trust in God's grace. Which leads me to the last step. And that is exchange my perfectionism for God's grace. Perfectionism destroys grace. Now, the reality is you're going to live in one way or the other. I mean, you're going to live trying to earn it. You're going to, try to, you're going to live with religion. You're going to live trying to you know, earn, you know, be a better person and just work your way into heaven. Or you're going to live under grace. So here's the offer that Jesus makes. He made it 2,000 years ago. And the same offer stands true today. It's still valid. It's an offer that you really can't afford to refuse. In Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29, from the message translation, Jesus puts it this way. Are you tired, 
Are you worn out? You burned out on religion? You know, let, let me just ask. Stop, stop right there for a second. Does that describe anybody here today? I mean, does that describe how you might feel? That's the life you've been. You're tired, you're worn out, you, you've tried religion, and, and, and you're at a crossroads. What does he say? He says, come to me. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll discover, you'll recover your life. That's recovery. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. In other words, what's he saying? It's a relationship. Come to me. And then, listen to this. Learn the unforced rhythms of what? Grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. What an amazing, an amazing deal. Come on, you know, as you read through the Bible, um, you read all about God's holiness and his perfection, his standard of perfection. He, by the way, is the standard. Not me, not you, not anybody else. And, and you read about that in the Bible and you quickly realize, man, there is no way I could ever measure up to that. There's no way I could keep all those principles, follow all those rules. There's no way I can be that kind of person. And then, just in case you think you possibly could be, then Jesus shows up on the scene. And man, I'm telling you, he raises it to a whole nother level. It'd be like he'd be talking to a, a group of self-righteous, judgmental perfectionists, and he'd say something like this. He'd say, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. Now, they'd all heard that. They knew the Ten Commandments. They knew the law. And then he said this, but I say to you, if you've got anger in your heart, you're in danger of hell. You've already broken that law. You're a sinner. Or then he'd say something like this. He'd go, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. And they're all just smug and self-righteous. And then he'd say this, but I say to you, if you even have lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Oops. Hashtag all of us. Don't you see? Don't you see? You can try all you want. But your perfectionism, the best that you can ever do, the best that you could ever muster up, it's still sin. It doesn't measure up. It's never going to be good enough. But that's okay. God knew that. Don't you see that? That's where his amazing grace comes in. God, in his great, great love for you, for each one of you, in his great love for you, he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Listen to this. You ready for this? to be your perfection. We get to go to heaven. We get to have a relationship with God based on his perfection. We get to have a relationship with a holy God based on his holiness. You see, either you can keep trying and working and doing all you want to, and it never measure up, or you can simply trust in the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. We are all going to fail in life. We are. We're all going to fail a lot. We're failures. 
But there is one failure, one, that you better worry about. It is the failure of Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. You can't afford that. Nobody can. Don't you see that? That's our mission. That's why we do what we do. See to it. Coastal, see to it that nobody, nobody fails to obtain the grace of God. And don't you fail to receive it. And I want to invite you, right here, right now, to receive the grace of God. If you're watching online today, you can receive the grace of God. I want to invite you to receive God's offer of saving, healing, liberating, amazing grace through His Son, His sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Bow your head with me right now and receive His amazing grace. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Maybe you pray a prayer like this in your mind today. Dear Heavenly Father, I need Your grace. God, I know it. I admit it today. I am not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I want to enjoy your unconditional love. God, thank you for your grace. And today, today, I put my trust, I put my faith in your grace today. I accept and I receive what Jesus Christ accomplished for me on that cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. I do believe. And I ask you today very humbly, make me a part of your family. Receive me today as your child. Not because I deserve it, but because of your unconditional love for me. Father, today, help me to let you handle things in my life. To relax in your grace and to cast all of my cares, all of my worries on you. And God, I know from today that I am putting my faith in your grace to save me. And so today I do that. But I also ask you to help me put my faith in your grace to live the life that you meant for me to live. I am tired and I am worn out. But I come to you today. I come to Jesus today. Help me to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In the name 
of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.